It's so critical where you'll have a vessel that may spend most of its time going up to Alaska, or you may have a guy that just wants to go charter fishing down in the Caribbean. That water temperature is in our equation on how we're gonna design the exhaust system. Right. You mentioned it earlier, the, the bends of the exhaust, right? Slight degrees factor into the equation. Sure. All right, hey, we're in another episode with uh, Boating Insider. And uh, today we're here with uh, Justin Montez from uh, D'Angelo Exhaust. And um, welcome. Thanks, and, man. And uh, we appreciate it um, that you're coming on and taking the time. Of course. Um, hey, listen, let's get started off with like just a general overview. We earlier took a runaround of your uh, facility, which is great to see, you know, the U.S. I haven't seen one of these in a long time. I I'm glad it's anymore. coming back. Start to finish the manufacturing. It's awesome. Yeah. Give yeah. us some uh D'Angelo Marine Exhaust. Been around for 37 years now. Mm -hmm. Custom marine manufacturers. Um, with boat builders, naval architects, OEM companies, engine manufacturers, captain crew, anybody that needs an exhaust system will help them out. And uh, in a good little niche here, we've been doing it for a while, mm -hmm. got some quality behind it and got a good thing going. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll deal with, with everybody. We'll engineer a system based on the engine, the water line, a bunch of factors, engineering department will spec it out. Sure. Order hits the floor and we'll manufacture to print. Hopefully everything goes great. We ship it to you. And you're making it sound so simple, but <laughs> you know, again, when you're out in the boating world, and we were talking about this earlier, you make an exhaust right. for a manufacturer. You mm -hmm. know, uh, if you do it for cars, you you create the thing and yep. you print it a thousand times, and you're done. Everything's the same. And on boats, it just doesn't so work much. that way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, car company, right? You'll have your Mercedes S500, and it's the same car off the lot, off mm -hmm. lot. Whereas a boat manufacturer may have their line of their 100-foot vessel or whatever. Those 100-foot vessels are not the same, right? Right. Even if the drawing is the same, it's just the marine industry is a little bit not that specific. And mm -hmm. plus, these boats are usually pretty custom-made, so maybe one owner wants it over here, and the other owner wants something over here. I want a refrigerator there. Exhaust has to go around this. So, so you it's have to not, accommodate. Yeah, we can't. You're, you saw, you didn't see a room full of 3D printers. You didn't see stamping right. machines. Everything is custom. <clears throat> Even though if it's not, it's a little different. Different engines, different water pumps, different CFMs, different exhaust temperatures. And that changes, again, oh. you can have the same size boat, but you have different pressures that have to come out of those, uh, you know, cooling nozzles yeah. and everything that goes with it. We're, it. we're in the biz, so we know, right? right? You're very familiar with it. You have a great product that supports it. Mm -hmm. um, you're buying one of these boats, right? The word engine room doesn't even come to mind. Right. Where's the bar? Where's the main <clears throat> master bathroom? Where's the gym? Where's the movie theater? And so you don't think much of exhaust. If, if we knew how much goes into it and all the spreadsheets and all the fluid dynamic calculations and all the expansion and contraction of metal, it'd blow your mind. And so you can't blame these boat builders for putting all the money and, and, and focus into how the boat looks on the inside, but maybe we want to not spend so much on the exhaust because it's a wear item, whatever, whatever, but no, you'll you pay could for get it. in trouble. And, You're going to pay for it down the line, 100%. I've had plenty of boats and, you know, you know the illness yeah. when you own a boat and then you just have to keep... <laughs> Break out another thousand, yeah, is that what right. they call it? Um, but I've had plenty. The exhaust systems are always a problem, Yeah. As, especially on production boats. I mean, you've got your fiberglass uh, uh, exhausts and you have no crush rings on them. Oh. 
you know, you, you try to tighten something because you see a leak and then you actually destroy the bigger the, leak now. You, yeah. you destroy it, right? And so there's so much that goes into this. Uh, I have seen, though, over the years, things getting better. And, um, but there's still a lot of retros. There's, there's so yeah. many, I mean, the slightest calculation, and you've got something that could destroy the engine. It's you know, if you're too low on your bends or oh, just yeah. the slightest oh, thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so critical where you'll have a vessel that may spend most of its time going up to Alaska and making cold water trips, or you may have a guy that just wants to go charter fishing down in the Caribbeans. That water temperature is in our equation on how we're gonna design the exhaust system. Right, just so if you build something for Alaska, and then you sell the boat, and it comes to work down could here. Could be a problem. Could be a problem. Could be a problem. Interesting, yep. so then you have to come in, and yep. you have to retrofit that. They're, they're yeah, cooling. a lot of what we do is we gotta cool those gases <clears throat> before it gets into the fiberglass you just talked sure. about. You start burning up the fiberglass, you got a problem. Right. Uh, so water in the north is colder, so maybe it doesn't need as much. Water down here is harder, maybe you need more. Um, you mentioned it earlier, the, the bends of the exhaust, right? Imagine a drinking straw. If I had a drinking straw just to blow through, it's real easy. But now imagine I had a curly straw. And I gotta blow a little bit harder, that's that back pressure to get through. I mean, you're talking slight degrees factor into the equation. Sure, and then the pumps have to work right, and you have to have the right heat. It's what are the, so an exhaust system, somebody says, all right, it's the exhaust. You know, when I'm driving my car, I hear the muffler, I hear the noise, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. What, are, what are people looking for? Like, how could the average boater, like you took you take these exhausts, but you bring them all the way down, because they're in boats, you know, 30 feet, 40 mm -hmm. feet, you're in boards, right? What are some of the things that they should be looking for? What are the things that they could do to prevent? Oh man! You know, just I don't the, know if the you have average time. For me I, to no, tell I you hear you. I wish they did. But like, for example, I'll look for dark spots on the exhaust. That's tubes. a great. Just way hey, to start. I'll look around. I'll look around for some right. leaks. Uh, yeah. Is there any? You know, uh, I would say that's tubes. a great start. You're going to want to look for <clears throat> hot spots, right? <clears throat> Temperatures. Even if you got a little temperature gun or or some of the exhaust systems we put. Sure. We'll put the sensor ports there so you can always get a reading. Uh, but as simple as, hey, my fiberglass is turning brown. Mm -hmm. here's, a, here's, a, here's a nice fact. When you take that temperature gun to the fiberglass, the reading you're getting is only half the degree that's inside. So if it's getting you 200 degrees, you're probably 400 degrees on the right. inside. If it's starting to turn color, it's cooking. Something's wrong. It, sh it should not be doing that. You have a water... Well, not enough water's getting there, something could be clogged, maybe it's a bad design. That would be something, discoloration or hot spots. Something as simple as leaks. If you see water coming out somewhere, you got a leak. It's in your best interest to investigate that and fix that leak as soon as possible. Right, because you will, they'll all start small. That's right. And, uh, but if you got a burn through, oh boy. and you're at, um, you know, you're cruising speed, and mm -hmm. you're a couple of miles offshore, yeah. You're, and you're not, right, you have a serious problem, it'll sink it. And you'll be surprised at how fast a little leak turns into a big leak. I mean, this is salt water. It's going to eat through the metal. Right. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I assure you it will. And so it's best to be on top of that beforehand. So these are some of the things that you should be taking into consideration when you're pulling the boat out of water. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to do some inspections on it. Yeah, like I was telling you earlier, we all, we're all consumers. I get it. We all have cars. Damn that check engine light every time it comes on. Right. But we push it, and we probably get an oil change every 10,000 miles. Okay, right. 15,000 miles. Doesn't really affect us in cars. Could really affect you in a boat. And that's 
the problem. And that's right. really what happens to people when they go into boating. Hey, uh, okay, this is great. I want to do this with it, mm -hmm. these things. And it's not the same. It's more in line with how you would have to deal with an aircraft, right? An aircraft is an incredibly harsh environment. Mm -hmm. um, but they're always going. You know, people complain they cancel the flight. You know, they blame something here and there. But in the scope of things, these things are... Yep. Flying at 30, 40,000 yep. feet, going in, going from Alaska to Hawaii, you know, all these a different times. A yeah. Day, yeah. And uh, they, they work all the time because they've got a schedule. Yep. And they go, hey, that perfectly good exhaust system yep. or whatever it is that's in there, a pump, uh, it's now at its life limit. Take it out, put yep. a new one in, and it works. And that's really how you have to work on boats. Because if you don't, you're going to be where yep. you're, it's not working. You're having to burn through any of your exhaust. You've got all those things. It yeah. becomes a real problem. And, and you know, I know you, you have the aviation background. You get it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's great to have somebody with your mind come into Marine mm -hmm. and not go crazy to realize how chaotic it is. Say, hey, I got something for this. Right. Right? So, yeah, aviation. So we, we like to run the company with Six Sigma strategic management, all that, and, you know, process improvement, reduction of variation. You will always come back. To, and the only industry that is Six Sigma is aviation mm -hmm. because there's <clears> such tight tight standards, right? If the exhaust on the on the plane is spec'd out for five years, we're going to change it every two and a half, regardless. Those stringent protocols is why planes don't fall out of the sky. It right. just doesn't happen. And they could schedule maintenance. And they when they go in for heavy checks, they could go similar to just when you got to pull the boat out. Right. Hey, I got to paint the bottom. Yep. But yep. should I be checking my cutlass bearings? And should I be checking the silicone? Uh, right. You know, and, and uh, it, it's a big somewhere. problem. These are a lot of the owners will buy these boats, and you know they'll use it one week a year, and so the other fifty-one weeks, charter it out. It's a business. It's a it's mm -hmm. a very good business to be in, and so they're trying to commit to these charters, six-figure charters for a weekend or whatever. Very expensive. And they don't want to miss that. So if you're neglecting a hot spot in your engine, I. We'll worry about that later. I got a six-figure charter coming up. Well, let me tell you something. When you finally look at it and you understand that you're going to be down for the next eight months, you're going to say, damn, how many charters was that I just threw away? Well, it's not a, well. take it even on the most immediate. Now you've got a group of people out there who have no idea. They just think it's a cruise. Oh, man. Nothing could go wrong. Everything's fine. Ugh. And you're over in Bimini and you take on a leak from an yeah. exhaust pipe that's this big. You got seriously, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. It's too late. So, so, you know, you brought up the, you know, the, uh, the training and what you do here. And I think that, you know, I've used your services in the past. And there's a couple of things that come up to, this, to the surface. When you're on a boat, your boat's out of the water, you're over to LMC, or now it's called... Uh, Safe Harbor. Safe Harbor. Uh, the cost of keeping that boat on the harbor expensive. Uh, you want to oh, yeah. get in and get out because every minute that you're in there... It, the, the money just flows. Oh, yeah. Um, we had a problem with an exhaust. Uh, no crush rings on oh, the, on the, yep. the thing, burn spots through it. Um, you guys had put together a quick uh, package for us, got it in, got it out very quickly, very reasonably. And we had some service then. Um, some alignment was off. Mm -hmm. You had your team come out remotely and do it. Uh, you don't get that today. From a lot, a lot of companies, forget even marine, it's, it, but it's very point. problematic yeah. on the marine side. Um, 
people don't care, but you've got a process behind the scenes and you're doing the training for your people and you've got robotics in and you've got engineering. Right. And that's really the, you, you have, you've avoided the, the, hey, COVID supply chain, yeah. screw you, Mr. Customer, we'll get there when you want. How do you do that? Oof, well, it's <laughs> Cause you do it, you do it, listen. <laughs> I don't like to get on and I, I, we've all been tempted to get on and say, hey, this company sucks. <laughs> but you don't want to sound like one of those people. So, I, so, I, so to make up for no. that frustration, yeah. I like to highlight companies that do the stuff right. So. Yeah, well, we definitely appreciate that. But I, listen, we do bad things too, right? <laughs> Nobody's perfect. But it is very difficult. Uh, there's a lot going on. But you, know, you got to look at it as opportunity. If I can figure this out, if I can add value to the customer, well, now I've got a tremendous advantage. You did mention it when you talked about contractors, not even in boating, right? Mm -hmm. I just had to redo my, my roof on oh, the God. house because the insurance <laughs> agency dropped me. I got no confidence I can get a roofer that I can trust. They're going to quote me one thing, they're going to nickel and dime me, jerk me around, whatever. But if there was one guy that I did a roof job with and it was a bang up job and I was happy, he's got a customer for life. Right. He provided something that I couldn't get. Now, I don't care what, I'm not looking at the quote. I want you to do it. So we've invested heavily recently in automation, uh, department full of engineers, something that separates us from your mom and pop welders that are usually on, on site. It's one thing to weld up some pipes together. It's another thing to engineer that pipe to have the right water flow and attenuation and no back pressure requirements. As the vessel is built to class, we gotta hit all that. We gotta have ABS approved this, that, and the other. So over time, we, we, we've invested in that and we try to do it, but, you know, and, and I get this, customer's not trying to hear any of that. I want to get right. it here and I want it now. <clears throat> Which is, re well, but I mean, you understand that. They're coming to you for an exhaust. Right. Hey, I've got something, I need to get it from you. Yep. Can you do it? Or just a roof. Yeah. Hey, my roof has got to be changed. Can you do it? And the torture that you go through, especially yeah. Florida for roof. Yeah, they, they, they don't want to hear it. Like, like the roofers I call, man, I don't care how hard it is for you. I need a date and I need a price. And right. so we try to operate that way and come up with ways to get ahead of the game and mm -hmm. say, hey, let's look at the, the market trends. When is our busy time for rework? Right. Let's staff up before then to address these needs, right? Let's make sure we're training our people that they're graduating at that time. Very similar to what you guys are doing with Vessel Vanguard, right? right. Don't call me when you see the leak. Right, plan it. Call me a thousand hours before because you got a <clears throat> notification that, hey, you need to check this. Right. Imagine if you had full control of your boat, you felt safer, eliminated the unknown, and you were able to forecast and plan for your boat's upcoming maintenance instead of being caught off guard. Can you imagine knowing exactly what is installed on your boat down to the part and serial number on all of your standard and custom equipment at a moment's notice? Having instant access to your manuals while at dock or at sea and provide custom departure checklists specifically for your boat and your crew. Imagine ensuring the safety of your vessels and passengers with instant access to send emergency alerts and being able to ensure the value and the pedigree of your boat with digital logs recording the full history of every event on your boat. Well, you can with Vessel Vanguard. We are the leading maintenance and safety management software in the marine industry. We work with a wide range of marine industry experts, including yacht owners, captains, ferry and tugboat operators. If you're looking to safeguard your assets and preserve your revenue, visit VesselVanguard.com and schedule a demonstration for yourself. The link can be found in the show notes below. We look forward to supporting you and your vessel soon.
inspect this. And, and, and a lot of times for, for exhaust, it's really inspect. Yeah. Or what is your Visual exhaust inspection. temperature? It's simple things that you could do that you right. can monitor and, and, and do. most engine mechanics can get you that information. Right. The engine companies will gladly come out and give you that diagnosis. Sure. And then even on commercial boats, when you got guys looking at this all the time, you could start, you know, yep. picking up trends, which, which is a big deal. Um, so when you get to the, you know, one of the biggest issue, one of the things that the country's gone through in like the last 50 years, right, mm. is we've gone away from the manufacturing to all services, uh, the vocational schools or the training have, have pretty much dried up. Uh, you go out 50 years and uh, now, hey, you know what, we're not going to do things in China anymore. We're going to bring everything oh, back, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and you start seeing that. Now you've got baby boomers retiring and you've got a labor shortage. Mm -hmm. Now you layer on top of that that nobody knows even how to do like mm -mm -mm. basic welding. Yep. And kids now are coming out from you know from high school wondering what do we do? Yep. You know what do we do? I have to go to college. And if you look at that most recent trail, like if you go to college, uh, one of our guys here uh, behind the cameras <laughs> had mentioned it. Uh, I think they put it uh, in a way that you go to school. You're going to be given all the promises of yep. high salaries. You're going to come out. You're going to make $40,000 a year. You're going to be in debt for the rest of your yep. life. And, um, and you're miserable. And you, you've got you know, a, a different way of thinking that's not going to allow you to earn money. You flip it today. If, you, uh, if you're in high school and you're not one to say, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do in, w with college. Yeah. I think I'd like to weld. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're going to make a lot more money today and into the foreseeable future. That is that um, is a great point, and uh, you know, let's say, oh God, I've been here for a while now. Let's say twelve years ago when I was here, there was a movement to try to outsource a lot of what we did to try to bring internal costs down. I guess right. that was the rage. Makes sense. I get it. Then COVID, and we're seeing how an interruption to the supply chain could really put us in trouble. And then the push is, well, let's bring back in-house so we can control things. So you, you do see that happening. You mentioned the boat builders. Man, I, I don't know that they're building many boats here. Right. You know, not, not these kind of vessels for our mm -hmm. market, right? They're all overseas. And no way you're going to compete with the labor. Don't even think about it. We need to bring that back. And so to, get, to, to put the real-world implications, and I'll use my cousin as an example. Sharp as a tack, wants to be an architect, takes a condensed master's at architecture, uh, graduates in five years when it should have taken nine. Can't get a job. Can't get a job. Doing drawings, doing CAD drawings on the side till they find a job. And it's like, oof, you're going to be paying off that debt the rest of your life. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we're trying to partner with a lot of these trade schools to bring the trades back, right? It's a great foundation. One of my best friends, AJ Donaldson, has called the Epic Foundation, where he's going into these low-income neighborhoods and saying, look, all these kids want to go to the NFL, right? And, and AJ's great. He's He's... He went to UM on a full ride. He's, he's great. They all want to play in the NFL. There's 100 kids there. Maybe one, maybe one makes it overseas somewhere. Now what about the other 99 kids that have devoted their whole life to training and not studying and, and being football and weightlifting and all that? What do they do? It's a problem. But had they been exposed to trades, welding. Right, teach them to weld, HVAC. and they're going to make $100,000 a year. Tomorrow. You're right. going to get money tomorrow. Right. And and it's it's anti-establishment. It's different. And we've all grown up. We went to school. We got that diploma. We worked hard. But, man, there might be another way here. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with an aging workforce. Our, our fabricators, 
you know, because of the market, because everything is so custom, unfortunately, it requires a very skilled craftsman. Internally, there's things we can do. We can standardize components. We can make the designs less intricate. It will sacrifice some functionability, which is not the best thing, but it would make it easier to fabricate. Mm -hmm. We need now to educate and bring in these young so, so is like a solution just going right to the high schools? Absolutely. Um, giving them an option? Because I don't think most kids have an option. It's almost like go to school or go to college or you're basically going to be a loser. That's what I thought. <laughs> right? That's what I thought. Right? And, um, but today, if you're willing to, I mean, there's so many great opportunities. I don't even think people have been exposed. I go out to your floor and I see the welding. I started off as a, you go to school to be an aircraft mechanic. And I'm seeing, and one of the things that I like to do, not the acetylene torch welding, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the TIG welding was cool. And I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. I couldn't be an air, uh, aircraft mechanic at the time because when I was coming out of school, it was deregulation. We were done. Oh, wow. And so if I wanted to work for 10 bucks an hour in Alaska, I would be lucky. You know? So I oh, said, I can't boy. afford to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't afford to do that. But it's completely changed today. Yep. If you could, if you could weld... Oh, yeah. You're going to make a lot of it's money. A, it, if you could run plumbing lines, you're going to make a lot of money. If you could be an electrician, you're going to be a lot of money. And there are companies that are willing to spend oh, the time yeah. and effort to, to train point. you to do that. So I think the more that you could get out there, and you, you, it, you mentioned one organization you know, where they work with kids. Yep. I think that would be, a, I think it's a great way out of poverty. I think it's also a great way, uh, it's an alternative. It just and, makes sense for everybody. And because you've got the engineering component in, because you're um, actually building things yep. and you could see things work, uh, I think there, there should also be a push from you know, educators in school to say, hey, listen, it's okay not to go to college. You get, you, you get a certification in welding. You get a certification in you know, whatever. Job for Working life. With you, you, you have jobs for life. Now, you will be working you know, with your hands, but... Oh, yeah. You know, eventually, you know, most of us do. And, you know, people who are sitting around uh, underemployed or just working from home from an office, mm -hmm. isolated, they don't seem to be the most happy people no, no, something. Man, <laughs> out it's, there. It's like, it's just changed. You used to have, you know, so, to use your example, somebody's in high school. Maybe he doesn't even know. He's just gone through the rhetoric of, I need to go to school. I need to get a diploma. I need to get a job. You know, you could, it, with a trade, I tell my, my employees all the time, you rarely are going to have leverage in your life. When you have it, you need to use it. I'll tell my little young hotshot welder that we hired at, I don't know, an example, let's say he's at $20 an hour, who wants to be a fabricator making $40, $50 an hour. It used to be that that person would stay an hour late every day to show me that he was practicing. Right. And then he'd make <clears> his way up. Now it's day one, I want to be a fabricator, and I want it by this time. Hey man. Well, you know. listen, it's just, but it's, but it's across the board. I've taught, I've seen people who um, are younger, not bad. Uh, hey, I went, I have uh, my master's, uh, I'm mm -hmm. a business school graduate. I could run a company. Oh. They, <laughs> but you look at them and you'd say like, there's a point in time where you'd be like, you know, are you serious? But if you really dig it, I mean, they're actually groomed to believe that because they did it in a book, that's, or because yeah. they got the certification from somewhere that they're just 
capable. Yeah. And they don't realize that they're insulting all the hardworking yep. right. individuals who's actually made it. Yeah, you need up that there. school of hard knocks. Right. I know the book says the book. The book isn't going to tell you right what you're going through now. How do I move these things through? Hey, uh, in the book says I make an, uh, uh, a pipe and I put it on a boat, <laughs> and that and we weld and we're done. It doesn't say that the guy who just came in with a 150 foot yacht that spent 20 million dollars on it, who's going out for a charter next week that he's going to charge half a million dollars for, uh -huh. can't do it if you can't build that. Uh, Part yep. and you have to make it all work because you know you have to deliver for them. Mm -hmm. That's not in the, not the in book. book. Nope. And so you see it across the spectrum, whether you're super educated or not, yeah. they all come out. And I think the other thing too is that you know you have to I think employers are not real or are afraid to be real with people, like snap out of it. Yeah. If you want that job, stay the yeah. extra time. Yeah work the extra time. They respond with life-work balance, but I think we should <laughs> challenge them sometimes on what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Is, is life-work balance, I'm only going to work a certain amount of hours, then I'm going to go home and watch YouTube or Netflix and get an extra episode, and then wonder why when I come huh. in the next day or the next weekend, why I'm not... Progressing? Yeah, because yeah. I think that we've lost... You know, it was... Yeah. What made, I think what made America unique is that we didn't care. We just worked. Yeah, if you, you work saw hard, you're an opportunity. Yeah. Hey, if I can put that stuff together, if I could weld better than the next guy, yeah. I can just, I'm just going to do the job. There was one guy who uh, mm -hmm. was a mentor for my wife, and she worked at Grumman. And she was like, I, you know, she's young, you know, and she was uh, always, you know, very <laughs> successful. <laughs> Right, uh, very successful in everything that she did. And, um, but when she was younger, you know, like all aggressive 20 year olds, I can do everything, give me the chance, I'll yeah. just do it. And he said to her, look, you need to just do the job. Stop asking for these promotions, just go out and do it. You know, and the thing was, and don't worry about what you're getting paid. Right. Once you show that you could do right. these things, you become valuable, and then you use, you talked exactly. about leverage. Exactly. And then you, you can could use, use your leverage. Right. And in that case, she learned what she could learn, and then somebody, uh, she advanced a little bit, but then somebody else from another company yep. picked her up to work on the MX Missile oh boy. Uh, project up in uh, Massachusetts. So if you work, and let's say somebody's welding over here, the best world welder in the world, mm -hmm. they become a great fabricator, and you ignore them, uh -uh. shouldn't be mad at you. They should just go, all right, thanks. There's yep. other opportunities, so. And that doesn't end well for me. But it doesn't work, but it, it doesn't end well for you, but again, going back it goes, to it's great management of yep. a company, you have to stay ahead of that. Right. That's not in the book. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, so the book says, and, and, and it's a lot what we're trying to do here, the book says, mm -hmm. he works for you, He's replaceable. If he's not hitting his marks, find somewhere else. I understand that. Guess what? The world has changed, and it's not so easy to replace him. Rather, why don't I evolve, whether I like it or not, is out of here. Why don't I rather evolve and work with him, take him under my wing and say, hey man, if you really want to get ahead, and do this, this, this. You, you want to be the most valuable person to the organization. Once you are, now you got us. Now we can't stand to lose you, nor do I want to. But it depends on the leadership. Yeah, of course. So I think the leadership also has to, so you can't allow people to be like, hey, I've got the leverage against no. you. What you've always got to do is advance the cause for them. Yeah. Uh, make it 
where it's a good work environment, where yes. there's that mutual allow respect. Allow them to grow, right? Allow them to grow. If you don't let your employees grow, grow it, it, it's all over. Yeah. Either you'll have two problems. They'll leave or they'll become duds. Yep. And that's the worst because <laughs> they're the leaving it on the table. So we have we have very low turnover here. We've been lucky. To, to, to find newer people, a little bit difficult. Mm -hmm. But we have a great example. A guy came over, barely spoke English, starts in shipping, $12 an hour. He is now our third top fabricator, making a lot more than that. Guy never complains. You ask him to do it, he says, okay. He doesn't tell you how hard it is to do, he just does it. And that guy has a job for life, whatever he wants he gets. And I tell everybody else, that's because he has used his hard work and he's leveraging it and that's what you gotta do. But that's a great American story. Yeah. And we don't view those things, we view what, your, what college degree do you have, Oh yeah. right? What, you know, how many MBAs do you have? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to ever come around. There's a place people, for that. There's a place for that and people work hard for that. Sure. I, I don't want to right. give the, you know, the impression that I'm making light of that. But the people that actually work hard and build things right. and make things happen, make your engine exhaust work, mm -hmm. you know, make your heater work in, mm -hmm. your, in, you know, your, your, in your house. I mean, these people matter. And I think that we, uh, I, I know that you guys do a good job of it here because I've seen the, the work ethic and the attitude of getting things done. Mm -hmm. And that's not something to be taken lightly because it's not around. And I think that if we're going to succeed as a, like yeah. an over, as a country, I think we really have to go back to uh, taking the model of what you do as a perfect yeah. example. And we have to educate <clears throat> and we have to let people know there is this alternative. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know traditionally the, the, the roadmap is go to college, get an internship, blah, 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 blah. And that's great, right? I, I, I'm definitely a product of that. But also these organizations, you know, I mentioned the Epic Foundation. You got MISF, Marine Industry Association of South Florida, partnering with them. They do a great little YouTube show called Salty Jobs. Well, they'll go into all these marine companies and do like a quick little video. We did one, and just to show the students, like when they did the Angel Marine, here's the machinist, here's what he does, here's the welder, here's, what he, here's the insulator, here's the shipping clerk. And all along, it's very elementary, it's like fourth grade level, and to say, hey, this person can make up to this much. Just, just educating them, say, hey, maybe school's not the way for them. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe they can get a job right now starting at 12 and end up like my buddy Jock over there that's now making a lot more than that. Fabricating is, is the true American success story. But if he does the fabricating, he can also advance the cause even further because then you can take your knowledge and then people want to, hey, how do you make things more efficient? And you can exactly. make those steps into management as well. Oh, and, oh. <laughs> he's coming over soon, yeah. And then what people, what people don't, they don't, and I don't think, again, it's not in the schools. Hey, if I'm welding today, I could be a fabricator tomorrow. I could be a manager of a group. I could go into sales. You know, people all of a sudden, when you know the product well and you know exactly what you're talking about, go into sales and you'll make a fortune. We, we <laughs> make sure, again, I love hearing you say right. that because it makes me think we're on the right track here. We have a, a, a rather large operation, many departments, right, from, from the initial sales who will screen you and let you know what you need, then the job goes to engineering, well, they'll design it, hits the machine shop parts department, prefab, welding, fabricate, there's a lot to it. When we hire a, just somebody who just, I don't know what I want to do, entry level job, boom. And if, they're a, if they show us that hard work, we're going to transfer them departmentally. Because I know in the back of my mind, I want them in sales. What makes the best salesman? Somebody who's maybe worked on the shop floor cutting parts at $18 an hour. Now they know the parts. Then maybe they spend some time in engineering because they show initiative and say, hey Justin, I want to learn how to do CAD. We'll teach you for free. 
Now they know a little bit of CAD. Then they work in service, installing and removing things. Now they know the part, they know how it's designed, they know how it's made, they're gonna sell it with their eyes closed. Right, and, and, so, they're, gonna, and they're going to sound knowledgeable and they're gonna oh, have man. the respect from the customer. It would be very... And it's very, a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it's right. very easy to tell that when that person's talking, they've been through it, right? Right. Uh, I showed you one of our, the, our head fabricator right now. It's actually the sixth employee ever hired here, Keenan. He's run production, he's run engineering, he was in sales, everything. And so he, he's a floater, we can put him wherever he wants. He's invaluable to me. So we go out and we look at, so coming from the aviation side of things and managing the maintenance and everything, <clears throat> one of the problems is that all the services and all the parts and pieces that go into these boats are chaotic. Nobody knows mm -hmm. who did what. They don't know the status of their maintenance. That's why it makes your job like, oh my, my exhaust is shot, yeah. but didn't you see that yeah, things yeah. were going yeah. wrong in the past? And um, one of the goals that I wanted to do, one of the things we wanted to do with Boating Insiders, just give some insights, how people sure. run their companies, what they do, what's behind the scenes, give people an opportunity to say, hey, there's more out there to be a, Go to college, doctor, lawyer, Absolutely. whatever. Um, but the other thing we wanted to do is like, I'm a boater. And service sucks. I can't get, it's, a, it's you have to take command of everything. And people come into boating, they're like, oh, okay, uh, this broke. All right, wait 8, 10, 20 weeks. If you get the part, have a nice day. Mm -hmm. You get crappy service. You don't have the good um, workforce that you had. People are always struggling to find people. One of the things I looked at is I just did a comparison. In aviation, if you're an aircraft mechanic, mm -hmm. you matter. You're respected. Respected by the organization. Oh, yeah. Respected by the people on the outside. That guy's going to fix that airplane. Because mm -hmm. that's, we could be in trouble if oh, he yeah. does a bad job, right? Plus there's regulation on top of it. But go off three miles offshore right here, have a two-foot chop, and have a 50-foot a, a boat sink on you. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's dangerous, but oh, yeah. we don't we don't look at our mechanics. We don't look at the people that are actually on those boats, making them work every day, um, as as that important, uh, right? Oh, so yeah. when you when you and I see it all the time. You know, we we talked um, to some captains. It's like, hey, you know, I don't know what they're doing. The owners, what are these people doing on my but the crews? Meanwhile, these guys are polishing everything. They're in the bilge, cleaning out the bilge. They're changing out parts. They're making things work. And what are they doing? Mm -hmm. They're telling people, uh, hey, what are you working on? Because they saw them now at the <laughs> exhausted, yep. right? Uh, having a drink of water, looking at their phone, just clearing their mind. It's like, are these guys working? They have nothing to say, look at all the work that we did. Nope. And when you're in aviation, a mechanic could say, hey, here's all the tasks that I did. This is right. all the work that I did. All right, we got it. You've been doing your job. Yep. Here's where you ran into a problem. It took six hours to change that pump because you had to cut out something mm -hmm. that was corroded or something. It's all there. Somebody could see what you're doing. Marine world doesn't have it. And that's why uh -uh. I was like, all right, I'm going to be stuck boating for the, <laughs> I just can't take it. It causes oh, marital man. problems if oh, there's yeah. not the boat going on there. So we was like, hey, let's build out a maintenance pro a maintenance management product that yeah. actually lets the captain, owners, and individual working on the boat have a body of work that they can point to. 
And then I believe that brings up that, that whole concept, which I think is critical to any industry or business, is that mutual respect. Yeah. You know, and, I, yeah. Um, and I think you're doing it here with the things that you're, you're bringing in people, you're bringing them to different areas, you're looking for yeah. those go-getters, and you're allowing them to create right. that body of work. Where's the need? Where's the vulnerability? Let's address it. Right. So, you know, from the first video I saw of Vessel Vanguard, and I'm not a paid spokesperson or anything, <laughs> swear to God. But to me, that, that, that has use to me. Okay, so I'll give you my insight of the boating sure. insight. So a lot of the business we do is with captains and crews of vessel. They're, they're, they made it to Fort Lauderdale. They need some service done. All right, we'll go out to the boat and do whatever it is. But like you were saying earlier, they're, they're business. They're trying to make money. And the right thing to do is to schedule your exhaust needs ahead of time, right? I like the check engine light. It's on. I'll, I'll go when, it, when I, I'll address it when I can't push it any further. So they'll show up here knowing that they're only going to be here for two weeks, need a brand new exhaust system that's going to take six, eight, ten weeks, I don't know, you're already bad, okay? And I, I get it, but, but it's a problem. It creates crisis for us. Now, I'm not going to sit here and complain because it's a good problem to have, right? Sure. But a lot of things go on behind the scenes where I need to say, all right, fabricators, I know you had a trip planned to the Carolinas, <laughs> and I know you were going to go on a vacation with your wife, but how would you like to work all weekend for the next month? And we'll try to get it done again. We have a good crew, uh, but, but it's a problem. The Vessel Vanguard thing, like, I mean, if I can get more captains to buy in on it, you know, a wise man once told me, if you can do, if you can do your boss's job, do it. Mm -hmm. and you're gonna look like an all-star. If this takes off the plate of the captain, everything else he has to do, because I'll give you the real world, right? They have crews, and these crews are rotational. They may be on for four months, off for four months, on for six months, but they're always rotating. By the second or third change, nobody knows what the previous one did. Nobody knows anything. I mean, half my day is trying to find out when the last thing got done on a boat because mm -hmm. nobody knows. I'm like, it's, I don't want to tell them, it's your boat. Why don't you tell me? I can't do that. Right. Something that can hold it all. Just to hold manuals, which mm -hmm. is a very small percentage of what your, your software does, that would be tremendous. A sure. lot of information I need comes off that engine that you bought. And maybe the first owner had it built with cat engines. Second owner replaced those with MTUs. Third owner's got whoever else. Or the manuals. Your water pump has changed every single time, but my exhaust system didn't. This is a problem. And when you come to me, I'm going to say, when's the last time you did a C-Tron? I need the water data. The guy's <laughs> got it. I think I did it there. And then you call up. The service place and like, I don't know the records, what's the name of the boat? Maybe the, the vessel's gonna get sold right. 10 times, 10 different names. Maybe know. it spends most of the time in Italy and a little bit of time in Fort Lauderdale. Who, who, who did the exhaust over there? Who... Creates a lot problem. of problem. And, and in the end, all that means for me is less profitability. Well, it, it actually sucks all the life, energy, and money out as well. It right? makes it not because a the good owner place to work. just keeps paying. The, uh, the the captain or whatever says, what do you want me to do? I have no records. His life you is know, miserable because he reports to the captain. The crew is like underappreciated big time, even though they're actually making it yeah. you know, work. And then when things break, it's always a surprise. Right. And so- It's you know, like, you know, I gave the example the other day talking to a customer. Let's say, you know, you're, you're 100 pounds overweight and yeah, you're starting to feel it. You know you got to do a diet, whatever. It's getting to a point where you, you're getting scared now, okay? Right. You're starting to have shortness of breath, so you go see a, a specialist. They're going to look at you now, 
you're not gonna like what you're hearing because you thought you were just a little overweight. Wait till he tells you how blocked your arteries are and how much you've aged internally. It's like, yeah, I see a little drip on that exhaust. Give it to me now because I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. I'm gonna remove the insulation. I'm gonna see that little drip is a lot of drips. And I'm gonna see that spray can that you thought was delivering water is all clogged up. Give it to me now. Don't give it to me when it's too late because you're not gonna like what you hear. Yeah, it would take me a couple weeks to make the new exhaust. But what you really need to do is bring the boat out of water, open up your outlet holes, get your engine mechanic to come and tune it up. There are things Fix your fiberglass. You need it. Right. And you're not trying to hit, you're just trying to hit, no, I gotta make this six figure charter next weekend. That's like the doctor telling you, hey man, you got like five more years to live if you don't clean <laughs> if you this don't, up. Yeah, if you don't stop. It's a problem. And if they could use that technology and the software, it, it's gonna make, first of all, it's gonna make his life easier because now he's not going to the owner mm -hmm. five seconds for money. He's, that engineer is gonna be more valuable to the captain. He's saying, man, this guy's Johnny on the spot. I, it's never a problem. It's gonna make me happier because instead of, ah, I'm gonna hear, hey, uh, I know we're six months out, but can we book a service car? Yeah, man. Right. Everybody wins. Right. You'd really like if somebody called you up, hey, listen, uh, September 23rd, I'll be in. Could you, uh, yeah. <laughs> could you deliver this exhaust it, it, all, We always got to make minute rice in 30 seconds. Right. Nine times out of 10. It'd be nice to flip that and say, hey, yeah, But that's, you know, that's also a good part. You know, listen. It's opportunity. It's, yeah. it's also the culture of the company. You know, you guys do right. like to get the job done. We're not going to complain happen. about it. We're going to do everything right. we can to get you on your way. So what advice can you give out there for um, younger people who want to, get involved Man. in the trades. And what, what have you seen? Are there any places that you could direct people? Oh, any organizations yeah. that you could direct people to say, hey, listen, I don't know if I want to go to college or, you know, or hey, I think it's important to have a college degree. I'm going to go at nights or I'm going to do online, but I want to work. I, I don't want to take on the debt. Right. I don't have both. I can you, do both. You're you investing know? in yourself, which is always a good idea. Where could they go? Is it would you recommend people just reaching out to small manufacturing companies and say, hey, listen, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'd love to learn how to do this. I'm willing to. Uh, yes. Short answer, yes. So, if you got that call from somebody who said, hey, I know you guys do welding. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'll work my ass off yes. to, uh, to learn. We have many, many good key points there. So I'll use myself as an example. When I was first brought onto the company, it was in a quality uh, control capacity doing inspections and all that i just knew it would be a good idea to come in one hour early every day to learn how to weld i have the handwriting of a three-year-old okay i would not make a good welder and i don't but it made me more valuable to the company and it showed everybody hey we got a worker here i would tell these kids it'd even be fun welding's cool man right right <laughs> uh, you know call me one of the benefits since we've been having and, and everybody else staffing the right people. Say, hey, yeah, I may hire you as an insulator, but you don't have to go to school. You don't have to go to the college to learn how to do AutoCAD. I'm gonna teach you for free. If you're willing to stay 30 minutes late, I'll show you. You wanna use my new automated robot that welds? I'll show you how to do that. You'll show that, them how to program it. For sure, right. why not? Because now I have an insulator who can double as a machine operator, right. who can double as a CAD technician. But the other thing that these kids should know is like it doesn't, matter what it is it's really a mindset of how you do it I, I i've I, i'm not a programmer i've designed tons of systems over the course of my career i was working for a company that did financial print um, work and i wanted to um, automate 
this process that they had that was mostly manual. And there was one guy who was like, sure, if you want to do it. Um, he let me work with a programmer to actually write this small little system. So I wrote it down. He said, listen, you can't do it on your work times. And this was a 24-hour operation. So I'd finish work, whatever. Wow. Could be 7 o'clock, you know, whatever. I'd go upstairs. Uh, this was in Manhattan. And I'd work for four or five hours. So wow. I was literally working all this time. And I, I learned how to step through the process of building a, a, a program. And no book is going to teach you that. Nobody taught thing. me that, but... I've used that now to build companies several times, wow. and you, you're a master of that if process. If now. you're willing to take the time, uh -huh. anything that you get and you can uh, learn, you can then use that as a force multiplier and an earning multiplier. Oh boy! And a career, um, whatever enhancement or like, just be happy with what you're doing. Yeah. But it takes that time and effort. To not worry about the life-work balance because that's not the time to worry about. When you're young, right. you could work 20 hours, go yeah. out the next four, Absolutely. and go back to work in the morning because you have the energy. Not when you're old you. like me and you can't move anymore. <laughs> yeah, we got like I, I tell all the our we have a new younger sales force. I'm trying to groom, right? Mm -hmm. They they they're they're my type A guys that are getting ahead, and I want to bring them over to sales like we talked about earlier. I tell them straight up, you need to build your network. Don't worry about the Angelo Marine exhaust. I'm investing in you. If you're a winner, I'm a winner. Uh, join all the organizations. If nothing else, it looks great on a resume. MISF, uh, YPY, Young Professionals in Yachting. Oh my God. So sure. I turn 41 in a couple weeks. YPY, Young Professionals in Yachting, kind of cut off at 40. I wish I knew about this before. <laughs> I. It's tricky because I can't dictate that all my young guns go join, but I can tell them it's in your best interest. Sure. Here's an organization full of yachting professionals in your field. Get to know them. Don't even talk business. Just get to know them. Sure. Build that relationship. I promise you, you'll have a customer for life. Get involved, like you said. Call the trade organizations. Atlantic Technical, Atlantic Technical College, McFadder, all the trade schools locally. No matter where you are in the States, there's a local trade school. Get involved. Uh, the more events I can host, I'll do it for free. I'll pay your, your initiation fees for whatever organization because it's good for me too, right? You're going to be wearing a D'Angelo mm -hmm. Marine shirt, but I want you guys to be successful. If you're successful, I'm successful. Company successful. How do they take it? They're, uh, at least what mm -hmm. I've been seeing, they love it. I mean, I Are they, do you find that they're, they're oh, I didn't even know these things yes. even existed. Yes. I, this is, do they see it? It's funny because I'm turning 41, right? I would not like to think of myself as older yet, but I definitely feel older. My hair is turning colors, and <laughs> I, it's almost cool for me because I'm more of, I can see myself kind of in a mentorship role. Not that I'm anybody special, but damn, I wish I would have joined when I was your age. Hey, join your age. Hey, do you know what a Roth IRA is? Hey, do you have a high yield savings account? Hey, do you know that, like, it, it intrinsically, the joy I get from that, if I can create a winner, I'm good. Right. I'm good. And the company will benefit, the industry benefits. Well, that's the normal progression of things. You know, you're 20, you know everything. 30, <laughs> yeah. maybe you're not sure. And then 40, like, I really don't know, but I could, yeah. everything, and I could start helping people. That's and what it's all about. Uh, it makes a big difference. But, but I, that's, yeah, I think it's, uh, what I find is that when you get somebody who knows that whatever world they've been taught for the last 20 mm -hmm. years or so, and then they come in and you give them some opportunities yep. or you see how things are really done, you, especially the younger they are, the better. Mm. They are, they're not locked in 
and the and the yeah. uh, the brain starts going and they take off. Man. It's 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 great to see. I mean, it's uh, you see the the entry level guy that's all nervous, and then you get him involved, and now he's doing this, now he's doing that, now he's being asked to speak it different boat yards and so you just see it's like look at this guy well you know i always enjoyed that you know you got a guy or a girl who's willing to work and you should see it and they're nervous like sometimes they're terrified you're you know you're the ceo yeah, yeah, yeah. of the company <laughs> and i guess the the thing out there is if you're the ceo oh you you're yeah, to yeah. be terror you know you have to be terrified or so you try to break them out of those things and you sort of they get something good and you put them on a big project just do it uh. Yeah. And it's like throwing, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, throwing them out the, the bird out of the nest. But you leave them room to crash into some walls or whatever. But they just need to get one or two small victories. Exactly. And the minute they get those victories, it all comes. Just in. like your example right. of staying late to learn that process. Sure. Well, you did that for, and that took time and all that. Right. But now nobody can can pull the wool over your eyes, and nobody can tell you how to do that better than you because you did it. But what the important part is, is they're getting one thing above everything is confidence. Right. And when they start having confidence in themselves, yeah. if I, if he can do it or she yeah. can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And once that clicks, then you've got. That's what it's all about. Right. And you've got somebody who's who's really good. Um, listen, this was a great interview. We probably could go on for oh, another man. couple I, of hours. I really, I really appreciate the. Uh, I, I'm glad to. I'm. I can't tell people enough that, you know, coming to your place here, you see the, the engineering going on, the CAD, the, the manufacturing, it, it's really good to see it. And layer on top of that, you're tremendously busy and you deliver a, a great service. Plus you're bringing young people in and you're giving them the opportunity that's uh, gonna make them, you know, plenty of money over the course of their that's... career. So it's, and if you do need D'Angelo uh, exhaust, I, I personally use them. I've asked them to do things in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, thank you, and, man. Uh, this is great. I'd rather be doing this than answering emails all day. And you're right. It, it, that is what it's all about. And, you know, if anybody's interested, you know, if you want to come to D'Angelo Marine just for a tour, I'll teach you how to run the robots and we'll... Great. We'll and maybe we could get some off. schools or if there's any teachers out there or any people Not out there. They can get in touch. I think it, sure. ma it makes a big difference because we're going to need all these people in the next couple of years. We need to create win-win scenarios. Yeah, I'm with That's it. That's what we need to do. Thank you, sir. Appreciate, we appreciate it. Thank you very much.